not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 Yes. Beyond is the name of the show. This is Beyond episode 495, and I'm Max Scoville, and I'm joined by my good friends Alana Pierce and Andrew Goldfarb. Really close to 500. I'm getting very worried. Yes. Well, it's really close to E3, so you should be more worried about that. That's coming up very shortly. Uh, I apologize for the skeleton crew of these skeleton people are hanging out with. (laughs) Uh, we got a good show lined up, though. Andrew was in Japan for like 10 days. Uh, We got our first look at Far Cry 5. There's a game called Everybody's Golf. Is everybody so, golf? Everybody. Wow, apparently everybody is golf. Uh, but in any case, we're going to talk about all of that. Um, let's get into this first. Like, you went to Japan, dude. Why? Yeah, uh, so we, it was really whirlwind. We went to a bunch of studios. Uh, we went to seven studios in nine days, uh, some of which I can talk about, some I can't. And then we also went to a show called Bit Summit, which is sort of like PAX Japan. Uh, it's like a really cool, very small, open to the public show. That's like everything from like Nintendo and Sony and Twitch had boots and they were selling merch. But then there were also people like literally making games in their spare time, like games as hobbies. Okay. So it was a really cool like we met a guy who's been working on the same game for seven years and it's finally coming out. Um, and he just found a publisher. And uh, Cam Shea, who runs our Australia office, actually just put a roundup up of like 18 of the coolest games we saw. So I heard that um, like actually famous developers also go to BitSummit. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird in that way. It's uh, like Anuma was there and uh, all kinds of other people. Like I ran to Shuhei there, like all kinds of like crazy, completely random, like just checking out like a, it's a really cool feeling watching someone like um, like Inaba from Platinum standing over someone who made a game in their garage. It's just yeah. like a really cool feeling. Do you think you know? they go to scout for development talent or maybe within Japan? I hadn't even thought of that. I yeah. mean, possibly actually, because like they can have like a direct line into the indie scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we, that show was really cool. Uh, we had originally planned to go to that and we were trying to build in like a couple studio visits around it. And so basically we flew in now to Tokyo and then we went down to Kyoto for bit summit, but in Tokyo we were able to visit a whole bunch of places. So we, uh, we have some cool stuff coming. Um, uh, what I can say now is that we were at Atlas, we were at platinum, we were at Bandai Namco, uh, and we were at Kojima Productions. And Kojima was just like a tour. Like we we don't have like that stranding crazy scoops coming or anything. Yeah, I mean, they don't. They, have, they have to make it first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was the thing. Like it was it was cool being there because like right now it feels like they're finally like at the point where they have an incredible space and like it, it everything there like feels like it's like bleeding creativity. They so feel like they see. moved in, kind of. Yeah, and it's like like we didn't really get to see the dev floor, um, but just like the like when you come up to it, and, and Marty wrote a thing in January that everybody should read if they haven't, which is kind of a tour of what that place looks like. But when you first come up the elevator, um, there's like a big like a pillar that has like the Death Stranding trailer playing projected behind it, and it's just like a camera on it and a single button, and you press it, and like once they buzz you in. The wall next to it opens, and it's it's an airlock. It's like um, a huge white lit up hallway with the Luden statue in the middle of it, and you have to like go through it to get into the studio space. Um, and once we got in there, we just funneled straight into a meeting room, and we just had like a quick chat about some stuff. And then the wall behind us was like this like foggy glass, and there was a point where like at the end of our meeting, Kajima was like, "Okay, look at the wall," and they hit a switch, and it lowered the opacity. 
and you could just see all the way across the studio, like into the dev floor, into the entire other side. And then they hit another switch, and then it came back up. And basically, like they can control like the. You just the wonder glass. how much money they spent on the building. You know? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> like maybe they should be spending on the game. Yeah, I, I mean, I assume. Yeah, I guess like Sony's funding the game, so it's like they're probably the studio, not. Working. But uh, um, those walls were all Sony translucent TVs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I saw yeah. uh, Kojima tweeted that they're moving. There are two Luden statues, and they're moving mm-hmm. the first one. He said shipping to the U.S. So. Uh, I'm wondering if it's going to be at E3 hmm. and why. That would be cool. I mean, you put it at the Sony booth, you get people taking pictures with it, and it's yeah, free advertising for a yeah. game that comes out in three years. You yeah, know? I mean, yeah, part I of me, it. I, I hope it's just that. Like, I kind of, I'm ready for them to not talk about that game for a couple of years, you know? Like, I, I feel like we got a cool tease. Like, we have, we have no idea what it is, but now I'm just like, it gets to that point where you overhype it, I think, yeah. by showing too much of it. I well, felt like that with Horizon a little bit, that we kept seeing the same kind of trailers. And I was like, yes, this game is pretty. Yeah. You don't need to keep showing me mm-hmm. how pretty this game is. Like, I'm already sold. And there was so much to it beyond that, you know? Yeah, yeah. stuff that they didn't show. Which well, is I mean, the good news with, with Death Stranding is we don't actually know what this game looks like at all. Yeah. We have is no idea. Is we don't a know series what, of cutscenes? We don't know Who what knows? kind of game it is. Yeah. Like, we don't, like, we don't have the faintest idea, like, what it's about plot-wise. Because it's all just weird, surrealist, like, vignettes that we've seen so far. Whereas, like, you know, he could really reveal something of, of, like, Metal Gear. We're like, okay, well, we we assume that it's re- loosely related to the previous Metal Gear games. Yeah, and yeah like, third person yeah, action. And, I mean, yeah. with Horizon, they showed us the game in action. We were like, oh, that's uh, that's how you play the game. You fight the, the big dinosaur thing and you shoot it in the nads. But, like, I don't know what the hell Death Stranding's about. You know, I think with Death Stranding, because of the way that we've seen the trailers that have come out for it, if you even want to call them that, I feel like they are such interesting, small bits of film that I am so okay with them coming out for a long time, even if yeah. it's not to sell me on that game. Like I could watch those trailers if yeah. they're all that weird because they're so fascinating and they're just, they're good to watch. They're like interesting short films. Dude, yeah. I, bought the, I bought the song from the, the last trailer on vinyl. Like they, he put out like low roar, a low roar. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, I'm like, okay. And it's got like Norman Reedus's nasty hand on the cover <laughs> of it. And I'm like, all right, that's a thing that exists. Yeah. It's super strange. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. That's what I like about Kojima is that the process of making games is uh, it's not particularly tactile. You can make games entirely sitting at a computer and it's sort of like, oh, you see most game studios and they look like offices. You know, they're not particularly exciting. But uh, I think that he understands that there is that level of movie magic, which kind of helps almost bolster the significance of a game. And so to have like this studio that's like, I mean... It's kind of what like Lucas was doing with Industrial Light and Magic back in the day. It was like this weird like, oh, what is this funny like think tank like you know Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory type of setup? And the fact that he's like, yeah, there's a, a giant brilliantly lit up Apple Store of a hallway that has an airlock, and then there's translucent <laughs> VR mission walls to see through. Uh, and then he's like, he teases it with you know bizarre kind of promotional shorts, and that's, uh, I mean, he's always he's always been weird about it, you know, yeah. like he's always been sort of like. I don't think I don't think the fourth wall even counts. It's something much weirder than that because you know obviously your games are interactive. But for I mean, think about how like he announced the Phantom Pain, and it he it was like the negative space said Metal Gear Solid yeah. Five. Yeah. It took people twenty five minutes to figure that out. But <laughs> yeah. that he still had a video where Jeff Keighley interviewed that mummy. I, it's just like I like that. There's that. There's that kind of meta. It's the the meta narrative. You it's know, like the whole studio is reflective of his art direction. Apparently, yeah, which I also think is really cool. Um, Aside from Kojima. Yeah. Uh, talk about Atlas. Go on. Oh, Atlas was amazing just seeing. Uh, we saw the Studio Zero space, and, and we'll, have, we'll have some stuff coming pretty soon um, with that. I mean, it was that trip was mainly 
looking at what they're up to next. Mm-hmm. Not in terms of like, here's the announcement of our next thing, but more of like structurally, what mm-hmm. are they becoming? And, and Platinum was kind of the same thing. And we'll have uh, some cool stuff rolling out. How was it from both for you, Andrew Goldfarb, America's number one Persona fan? It was cool. It was, uh, it, there's so much, like there's basically a Persona museum there and like seeing all of their merch and like all the stuff they had and like being like, oh, I have that in my desk. And then, then like passing around photos of my desk and stuff was like so nerdy, but such like a cool little moment. And like, yeah, we met um, Hashino and uh, Soajima and Maguro, who I'm probably butchering pronunciation of, but those are like the brain trust behind Persona 3, 4, and 5 and Catherine. That's so. nuts. It was really cool. Yeah, that did was you, awesome. Like, did you freak out? Like, did you lose your... Are you crying? I, I freaked out a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I like barely managed to maintain professionalism. Caleb, who was with us, was laughing at me because it was just yeah. like it was like overwhelming to see like everything to be like in the base camp of Persona was really really cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was awesome. And Sojima drew me a Morgana. That's like personalized to me. That's so cool. I'm getting personalized. Hey. Hey. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll have we'll have stuff coming. Like I don't want to get too much into what we did with uh with Bandai Namco or with Platinum, but we'll have some cool interviews and just little gameplay things coming and it was it was a cool week and a half. That's that's very exciting. I'm it's always weird to do like a big big preview, you know, mission thing right before E three and have like I'm sure things that you want to talk about, but Yeah, it's like it's that weird it's like the weird calm for the storm feeling of like now we're in like full E3 mode. Like that felt like the it, it's same thing with like Judges Week that Brandon and Ryan were at where like that feels like the last right. hurrah before you yeah. like really kick off oh, E3. This stuff. week my job is 100% E3. I yeah, yeah totally. And we're, like it's, yeah, we've, I mean, done. yeah, uh, getting a lot of stuff ready for the next couple of weeks. So yeah. um, if we seem scattered, apologies. We're just kind of getting ready for stuff. Um, it's also always weird the kind of the news that trickles out. Either you get yep. some massive leak or it's some sort of just quiet sort of whisper of like, oh, this is, sorry, this isn't happening. It's either stuff um, that was too small for E3 or news that a game won't be at E3 right. or a leak. Like yeah. that's yeah. pretty much what we have. Um, so we got some of that. Uh, we learned, this is interesting. Uh, we learned that the FF7 remake is switching to internal development. So they were working with uh, was it CyberConnect? Yep. And now it sounds like Square Enix is kind of like okay, let's let's just bring that back home. Uh, not sure what that means. I get that. Did, was there was there a formal announcement that this is a ways off? I mean, no. There was an offhanded comment in their last earnings thing that uh, Kingdom Hearts three and uh, Final Fantasy seven remake are like in the next couple of years. Like okay. they they didn't. They've never given us a year, and they've right. never said like it's. Okay. A long way away. And we know that Final Fantasy is like in multiple parts and like they're like yeah. full. I wonder game if they're still going to do that though after like Hitman. I think that was a really good game. You played the first episode, didn't you? I played a bit of it. Yeah, I played I, a bit of the first episode and then I just was like, I don't know if I love this. And I, I heard really the like ones it. were incredible. Yeah, so. it's very good. Yeah. But um, because it released in episodes, I think a lot less people played it. And I wonder if they're kind of revising that strategy now with Final Fantasy. Yeah, I wonder if we'll get sort of like an episode to Sky with, uh, with FF7 and just something to kind of for people to chew on and get excited about and help yeah. kind of like just stir up the waters and get people buying. Keep I hope so. Like I mean, they've shown so much of Midgar stuff that it's like even if they just let us do like some run around Midgar, like very yeah. Basic, like it, they don't have to do like the whole rest of the game, but yeah, I, I think it would be fun to oh, just yeah, let people like mess with the Final Fantasy system. 15 demo, yeah, like, yeah, that that's that's yeah. this guy, yeah. Oh, that's what, yeah. That, yeah. Oh. Yeah, 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 that was awesome, yeah, yeah, um, yeah that would be really weird, cool, really good, so yeah, it'd be cool if we got something like that. That said, the announcement that they're switching to internal development doesn't sound particularly like hooray, you know, like just that, that they're like, hey, we've already given you like 
teasers and trailers and stuff for this, and I know you want to play it. Uh, we're shifting things around back here. Sorry, might be a second. It's it's really interesting the way that they have this stable of talent that I feel like we're just not even familiar with. Like when Tabata took over Final Fantasy 15, it was like, oh, the Type Zero guy, like that's weird. Can he run a project that big? And then yeah, yeah. and so like this is the Mobius Final Fantasy guy, which is like a really interesting choice to run a project this big. But like I feel like they wouldn't put it in someone's hands who they it, yeah. especially if there were problems at CyberConnect and now they're kind of like recentering. Yeah. I feel like they wouldn't give it to someone who isn't capable. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really curious to see like yeah, you might be right. Like I wonder if they are rethinking the entire thing structurally. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. such a big undertaking if it actually maintains the standard that those trailers look like. And it's mm-hmm. such like it is such a revered game that like yeah. you can't mess it up. Like you yeah. can't make the bad remake of Final Fantasy VII after yeah. people have been asking for so long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in other news, uh, also kind of disappointing. Uh, hey, remember uh, what was that other big game they announced at uh, at Sony's press? Kickstarter. I, was I believe it was Shen- Kickstarter. Shenmue Three. Yeah. So they announced the Shenmue Three, the game that had a Kickstarter launch at E3 last year. Uh, it won't be at E3 this year. If that's a huge surprise to anybody. Um, hey, you know what game is probably not going to hit that December 2017 target? Oh, it's Shenmue 3. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of a bummer to think like, oh, hey, like all those big things like Kingdom Hearts 3 and Final Fantasy 7 Remake and Shenmue 3 that were like, that we imagine them as being things that we get to have soon, but maybe not. And that kind of makes me wonder like, what are we going to see on Sony's show this it, year? But Spider-Man and God of War. Yeah. yeah I, I, feel mean, like we're, I feel like Sony's all good yeah. for, for the yeah. next year. Like, I feel like there's enough padding. And then if those come out in two, three years, like, I feel like there's a pretty mm. solid stream of, of it's stuff such a, right now. It's yeah. such a weird thing that if they, like, they, you're right that Death Stranding's probably years away and these games are probably years away. And so it's a, a weird thing where, like, if Sony comes out this year and they just show, you know, Dreams and Days Gone and Spider Man and God dreams. of War, Damn it. like, if they just show stuff they've announced, I feel like people are going to come away disappointed even though that shouldn't be disappointing if all of those are coming soon you know well i would expect that we'll get like an announcement of something new that we won't see for another three years and it'll just be a cycle that it kind of keep it going spider-man 2 yeah uh anyway uh good stuff uh we finally got our proper like look at far cry 5 um they put out a trailer that shows off what that's about uh and there's a big discourse about it uh so yeah it's like what is it uh to change.org is that what the thing is yeah the is petition yeah. There's a petition to we, get the game banned we honestly don't know if it's a joke or not but there is a petition to have far cry 5 banned because it's about uh killing christian americans who are, i mean they're also like a militant cult but you know What's Waco? I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm excited because this has aerial combat and farm animals. So, like, you know, as it being a Far Cry game, Far Cry games have always been kind of weird and out there. And you've got like a, you know, corrupt CIA guy giving you a flamethrower to go burn you've a pot. You've played farm. all of them, right? Yeah, I guess I have. The three is my favorite. Yeah. Um, I totally respect the hell out of two, but I dropped off around Primal where I tried to play it and just didn't get super invested in it. Yeah. Whereas I feel like this is like back to what I'm going to really like in a Far Cry game. Yeah, I don't like everyone's like, oh, America's not that exotic. And it's like, I, I'm I have faith that it's going to be like exotic isn't what I care about. Yeah. They have drug trips in those games for that. Like, it's fine. They'll make <laughs> right, it weird. Right. Also, like it's I mean, you've got enough kind of variety of climate and stuff. I'm just I'm honestly like I'm be honest, I'm pretty excited about the farm animals and the tractors. Um, yep. It's it just turns in like that. Oh, you too. Yeah. yeah. Farm animals and tractors. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think there's like, them. There's like a pitchfork that. that you can throw. Like, I don't like they've got like a bunch of a bunch of gnarly stuff. I think aerial combat is really is is the thing that will probably I guess you kind of had you had that little gyrocopter in four and you had like owl controls in, in primal. But like as far as like proper like getting a plane and screw around, they've kind of been 
I just it's hard to do. It's yeah, really hard to make I, that work. I'm totally in conceptually. Yeah. I'm a little confused about what the game is and like I know obviously what a Far Cry game yeah. is, but I was surprised how little like gameplay they've showed and and how little I understand about like the protagonist or anything. Mm-hmm. Like I totally I, I saw Far a lot Cry of games the comments. have protagonists? Yeah, well, I mean that's true, right? Like you're ultimately just going to be like a a camera with arms Jason anyway. Brody. Yeah, I mean totally, but it's just it was it was interesting to me that like the way they revealed that game, I saw a lot of comments on IGN that thought those three character trailers uh were people you played as. And and I think it's really Good interesting point. that like like people who've played Far Cry get it, but I, I totally felt like they just needed to show ten seconds of gameplay so mm. people understood what you were yeah, doing. Yeah, I mean Far Cry's like yeah. strong suit's always been just the gameplay and the kind of the freedom to run around and just get in trouble. Um and as far as characters go, like there have been some cool ones. Like I liked Voss, but uh then there's all those side characters who I'm like I don't really care that much. Yeah. Um, there is that there's that CIA dude who shows up in like four after three and I'm like they're like, remember him? And I'm like yeah, I guess. You're like, kind of, he yeah. That, he gave me that flamethrower. He's kind Who's of Who's the, the other villain after Voss at the end of 3? Like, the second half of the oh, game villain? like Jeff or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not his yeah. name at all. Yeah. But, well, there are, there are technically three of them. There's the creepy Australian dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Voss, and then there's the end guy. Yeah. Yeah, I forget I the end guy. I don't know, yeah. but they, they always put this emphasis on these, these characters who are sort of, like, performing directly to you. Uh, and then as far as like an actual character you're playing as, like, yeah, we have the name Jason Brody, like, but you're like, I don't know. Eh, you know. I'm okay with not being a character in a Far Cry game. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't mind that at all, but I think you're totally right in that I would, I would like to see combat. Like, one of the things that I think they've expanded on well is having combos or, like, chains, basically. Yeah, yeah, like, I, yeah. li- I like that kind of stuff in, in combat, that I would like to see an expansion on that in the trailers, but I would guess they're waiting for E3. Yeah, I mean, you're totally right. And at E3, I'm sure we'll get answers to this. It was just weird, because, like, bits and pieces were coming out that, like, you can choose the gender and race of your protagonist, mm-hmm. but it's like, in a Far Cry game, does that matter? Yeah. And, like, so that makes me think maybe there is a more involved role for the protagonist this time around. And it, it just, like, the amount of information coming out about it, 100%, you're right that, like, at E3, all these questions will be answered. But it was just, like, a weird, felt like a weird, like, half measure to, yeah. to tell us but not tell it's us. It's like they know? gave us teases but branded it mm-hmm. as an official trailer. Exactly. Yeah. It's also, I mean, it's also kind of, it's an ambitious thing to be trying to tackle right now because the American political climate is is pretty intense right now. So well, to be doing something like this and to do it either in an exploitative manner that's just sort of like, hey, look at this, it's crazy and offensive, whoa, aren't we edgy? And be like great okay well it's okay fine that's that's one option the other option is that it's like way too real and i'm like i don't want to play this this is depressing yeah I'll just go watch cnn to cheer myself when up. Like, ubisoft touches on politics they don't tend to really make a statement they just tend to be like this is uh happening right now let's let's put you in this circumstance and sure. like their official statement is you know we like players to be able to draw their own conclusions but i take it as we don't want to offend anyone so i think that they'll probably play it safe and like focus in on the cult aspect so it doesn't seem like they're actually attacking anyone yeah. It's a hard thing to do. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting. It really is. Our, our friend Callie, who's over at GameSpot now, used to be at IGN. Uh, I recommend you read her piece on it. I read it, that this morning. It's yeah, it was really good. A really good, like, basically it says exactly that. That, like, you you have to, if you're going to do it, like, it could be done really well or it could be done very badly, you know? And I, I think, think they like, just won't do anything. In the same yeah. way that the first Watch Dogs was a blank character in, and they could have made really interesting political commentary on censorship and on watchdogs but they yeah. didn't they were they just, just like, like mm. they dip their toe in exactly. in this weird way yeah it's like they they skirt around they have the appearance of saying something without actually saying anything yes. and it's like i i hope this game's not that like i i, th- I absolutely think it will be that i think that i don't know that franchise is really weird and like they have been able to like far cry 2 especially is like 
really bizarre and like subverts everything the games mm-hmm. do. So it's like, like malaria. I would, yeah, exactly. So like, I would love to see them like live up to that and do something like really bold and ambitious and like, yeah, it'll piss some people off. But like, I would, I would just love to see them have something to say. Yeah. And I hope I, ultimately you're probably going to be right, but I really hope that this is the game that like finally like have some kind of good commentary about like the current state of I, mean, I would of love America. that too. We want like all games to be like spec ops, right? Yeah. Like yeah, you exactly. want everything to make me think that much and yep. it would be amazing. But I just think that it's so much of a risk for them to alienate part of their audience. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. especially a big company like that. Yeah. Exactly. The thing is that like commentary is it's, it's, it's kind of static in a sense, you know, it's, you can't be like, Hey, we're making a commentary on something, but it's open to interpretation. Cause it's like, I mean, I guess that's sort of that's art. That's what they but, officially say. They're right. like, we, we like to let the players decide and ask their own questions. Yeah. So like, no, you just don't present anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. I mean, like what I hope is that at the beginning of Far Cry 4, there was that weird, that weird thing where you could like just sit there and like, what's his face? Yeah, uh, you wait for like five oh, Pagan Man. Pagan yeah. Pagan yeah. would come back and be like, anyway, uh, let's go. Uh, Thanks for waiting, but yeah. <laughs> here's the end of the game. You just beat it by just sitting there and you're like, that was it. I like the idea of that kind of stuff where it plays with the the game telling you to do stuff as a player versus, I don't know, I guess there's the option to play the video game like a video game. There's the option to play the game like it's actually a real thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like Far Cry, uh, I kind of don't like it as a political platform. Like I, it's, cause, it's just because it is so inherently sort of stupid. Like it's a game where I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to let a, a tiger loose and it's going to bite yeah. someone. I think like I really enjoy Far Cry games and will probably like it regardless. But I I also, I would prefer a strong political stance than something that seems in the middle ground so as not to offend. And I mean that in that I would like prefer it to vehemently disagree with my politics than to not say anything at all. Like I would prefer for it to pick a side because it makes it better. But that's still like a light criticism. I don't think it ruins the game at all because it's like, it's still, Far Cry games are open and fun. I I think they have to just figure out what the franchise is. Like I think honestly, like they with blood dragon and even with primal to some extent, like they got really weird. Mm-hmm. And I think dragon now, rolls. yeah, like blood dragon's awesome. And it's like, if they want to be a goofy fun game, I fully support that. Like it's, but if they want to pivot back to being a little more serious, like I kind of am on board with that too. Like I'm just, I'm curious to see, you can't have both. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if they just are willing to like, let go of the goofiness, if they really want to swing into serious, seriousness or if they're ha- they have these like really serious trailers, but it's going to end up just being a goofy dumb. Yeah, that's game. that's yeah. what bugged me about four was that it always felt like like three felt like a sort of politically incorrect Mountain Dew commercial that was <laughs> like half rooted in kind of old like like pulp adventure stories of the 30s that are like oh the white savior's here and but then you're also like I got sick tribal tattoos brah let's go hang gliding. Is that one and, part where you get high and the, and the boss is just this giant woman? Yeah, yeah. that's like a, a weird game. that's like yep. a very yep. very weird funny strange game. Out. Yeah. And you set a bear on fire and you're like, well, that's sort of odd. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but I'll, I'll live with it. And then four felt much less like. Game have bears? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three? Three had bears. Yeah, you can oh, yeah there's tons of bears. Could, yeah. Maybe bears. I avoided yeah. the bears because I was very, I, well, I'm very careful about what I will actually attack in Far Cry games, which okay. technically makes me bad because it means that I don't farm the right things. Yeah. But like I was completely against hurting a turtle. Yes. Yes. interpretation no of the word farming, but okay. Um, well, no, but like, uh, yeah, four felt like, uh. A Rage Against the Machine poster or like like they did the whole tie in with like Vice documentary stuff. And it was like after Blood Dragon, which was so kind of leading into like the absurd and just the over the top style that they were like, hey, we went to we went to Nepal and like actually checked out what goes on there. And this is like fairly realistic. And I'm like, no, it isn't. I'm going to fly a gyrocopter into a tiger. Like it's not that's not the part that I like. And yeah, I get what you're doing. But I mean, that's kind of been the problem is that the gameplay is always incongruous with the story. Like yeah. I, I think they need. 
I want to see them bridge that gap. I either want to see them just Ludo narrative dissonance. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like I, I want to see either just Blood Dragon just embrace how mm-hmm. goofy it is, or like if they're gonna go serious, go serious. And like the gameplay, present like, something like a good Netflix series. Like exactly. that would be the ideal. Like yeah. make this one be like Breaking Bad. That would be really cool. Right, but I mean, it's just it's tricky to tell a serious story when you've got the player having the option to set an animal on fire. Yeah, you're totally right. Um, but yeah, like if if this is if I can play this like a modern open world redneck rampage, then that's okay. Uh, and if I can if I can call it farm crimes and what go around doing bad dynasty. things to the farm animals, yeah, those also yeah the duck dynasty. Oh, you can mod. read our review on IGN.com. Yeah, uh, um, I really I really I'm excited to see more D3 because like yeah, they yeah. that trailer definitely got my attention. Yeah, and like I'm they're so good at villains that if nothing else, like I totally get that like Boyd Crowder justified vibe from the father, and like mm. I I want to. I don't know. I, I want to be really excited for this game. I, I have just trained myself to be cautious with everything, I guess. That's a good yeah. thing to do, just to be cautious about everything. Yeah, look both ways before you pre-order a game. Yeah. You know, being cautious is the, is the, key, the key rule for golf. Oh. Are we doing it? Are we talking about everybody's golf? Yes, we're talking about everybody's Dude. golf. Okay. I'm going to get made fun of. I've already gotten made fun of by Marty for saying this. Uh, so, so for background, like a... The first party PlayStation franchises that are still around that have been on PS1, 2, 3, 4, uh, Everybody's Golf, which was Hot Shots Golf, and Gran Turismo. And those both have new installments coming out this year. Obviously, like, tons of games have improvements between generations and blah, blah, blah. Playing Everybody's Golf, it feels like the most, like, noticeably next-gen upgrade to a franchise of, like, anything. Because it's, like... What's up? Yes, I have a question. Uh, did they rebrand Hot Shots Golf to Everybody's Golf because only Hot Shots at Golf were playing it and they wanted to yeah, attract a wider audience? Too many Hot Shots. Yeah. No, it was called Everybody's Golf in Japan and Europe. Hmm. And so there's been this divide forever that it was only called Hot Shots Golf here. Oh. And now they're finally just consolidating the name. Hmm. Um, but it's really, it, it sounds insane. And like, yes, I'm just talking about a golf game. And ultimately it is still just a cartoony golf game. But like, they have a really robust character creator, which is just like from the get go is just like really fun. And like you can make like really like I spent a lot of time with it and like you can really have fun with it. Like there's there's a lot to it. But beyond that, like it's an open world golf game. Like and they messed with that in like the Vita version. They had like a lobby that where you could like walk around and see people. But this is like so much more robust than that. Like it's like huge. And you it says you eventually is it, is it more like, of a social game than a golf game? No, it's still very much a golf game. It's okay. just they just super have social elements if you want them. Okay. You can totally just ignore it and play 18 holes of golf. But like it said, you eventually need because the courses are huge. So you eventually need like a golf cart to get around. And they're teasing like fishing mini games and what? stuff that there's like Incredible. they're just adding so much to it. And so I don't know. The beta was just super basic. And it was um a couple like I played one 18 hole course. And I messed with uh, there's a thing called Turf War, which is like an online mode. Um <laughs> But it was like, I don't know, I really genuinely had so much more fun with it than I expected to. So, like, I'm I'm half messing with you and making fun of you, but I'm also, like, golf is one of those I odd also want to play it? Yeah, like, I, so I, I, I kind of actively hate golf as a real real thing. Yeah. It's like, let's There's just, a game, it's great. Yeah. As, in video games, it's like, it's it's fun as hell. I used to play, like, um the terrible, like, Microsoft Windows 95 I think golf. It was, I would think that's actually what it was called. It was like yeah. Microsoft Windows golf. Were you like, well, it, and it was just like, it, that was like a completely linear, like, and I didn't know what the, I didn't yeah, know how I to play golf, too. but yeah. yeah, it was just kind of like a weird, fun, like, hit the ball kind of thing, you know? And that's the thing, like, those in Tiger Woods never quite hooked me in the way that, like, Mario Golf did and that Hot Shots Golf always yeah. had because, like, it's a really good marriage of, like, really carefully thought out golf mechanics that you wouldn't expect, but also like it's very arcadey and, and easy and accessible um, until difficulty ramps up. And like, this is like, 
don't know. This just feels like a like obviously if you hated all the other Hot Shots games, you're not going to magically love this one. But it just feels like a really smart evolution of it that feels like like what I want to see from franchises on coming to ps4 i mean if you get to drive around golf carts and, and like make funny little avatars like that that sounds like a good time yeah it, it totally like i the beta was only two days long and when it ended i was like oh man like i just it? i'm itching for more of it when does that come out uh august it'll it's like last week of august i think okay. that's cool uh, well speaking of golf i played this game i mentioned this last week um it's called moonshot galaxy and it's a psvr game all right this segment's called what vr playing <laughs> That's uh, what it's called. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, but no, it's it's a it's a PSVR game. Um, I think I think the guy who made it uh, is a Beyond fan and sent over codes. I might be mistaken there. Uh, it's really cool though. It's basically uh, Mario Galaxy <laughs> mini golf. If that makes any sense, like you got all these little kind of little planets, like little little prince planets, and you're playing golf on them. But there's no like there's no there's no stick. You're just using the the move controllers to basically <laughs> like sort of rubber band stuff back and sort of like stretch it. Oh, it almost cool. feels like it almost feels like like billiards in that sense. Mm. Um, but there's all these like weird, just totally, you know, surreal, like loop the loops. And there's like a volcano you got to like, knock the ball into. And that sounds like perfect for VR. Yeah. And it's, it's also like, I've been trying to find that sweet spot of, of comfortable VR and stuff that isn't, <coughs> you know, it isn't like aggressive to like play long chunks of it. But in this case, you're basically sitting down and it's more like you're, you know, kind of manipulating this, this big diorama in front of you. Uh, to try to move stuff around like it doesn't mm. feel like if it was a game where I had to stand in front of my TV with a helmet on and look at my hands and hit golf that way I'd be like this is tire- tiring and I don't want to do it but it's like I, I keep trying to be like okay would this work outside of VR and I guess you it maybe could but it would be really cumbersome control wise like think. a mobile game maybe May, like maybe I mean oh, you, like with touch yeah I think you could scale it down to be so it's sort of a, a not not two dimensional but like maybe have slightly less uh I guess personalized of a camera, you know, but it would be way less interesting. It'd still be a fun, you know, fun game. But uh, yeah, that's out in the wild. Uh, another that's game, cool. another game is coming out. It's called Tiny Tracks, which I think is a, basically a, a slot car VR game where you are building like crazy race tracks all around yourself. And it's oh, that's that's cool. actually awesome. Yeah, and it's cool again, again, it's like it's t- the the mm-hmm. obvious kind of like gimmickry of VR is hey, you put this thing on your head and you can be anywhere. And it's like that's great, except sometimes being someplace else is horribly disorienting. So maybe like the solution for some of that stuff is like these these virtual miniatures. Um, and I mean, we've seen just it? we we uploaded the first episode of a, a new series. It's VR Mechanics One Hundred One, and the first episode that we did was uh exploring environments in vr and how different games make that work and like the main one is teleportation because obviously it reduces motion sickness and then uh another one is just like having you kind of stand and be able to observe but sit in one place basically yeah um and then the third one that's the most common and most effective is when you get a very small playing field that you can move around as much as you want to because that's like an answer to room scale vr that doesn't need a full room it's like it's it's interesting to see the way different vr games are uh, tackling exploration mm-hmm. especially when players can look wherever they want to so it's like how like for something that's an action focused game how do you or a story action adventure how do you get them to actually pay attention to the story and it's like there's a lot of really cool tricks that you see using vr where sometimes they'll put you in an area that just doesn't have anything else interesting to look at but you don't notice that because you're not paying attention to it it's like all these little subconscious huh. things that like yeah. really focus attention well that's also that's so cool that it's like here are the the three ways you can do that currently until really somebody well. just breaks it and makes something yeah. entirely new yeah. um but i do like the, the sort of the diorama playset approach and we're seeing this with um it's like tiny Fantastic tracks and, has that. Yeah. yeah and there's what is it cowboys and dinos is that what it's called i think um it's got cowboys and dinos in yeah it, so what, I what think I've that been might be the it. name and um, but that's that's all about like picking up little things and rearranging them job oh, simulator uh, is kind oh, of like yeah that. yeah uh, i mean um, job simulator is much more first person but you're like 
I don't know. That's, yeah. that's weird. I tried to, Less I, of a playground. I had a friend over. We got we got like just very drunk this weekend, and he was like, "You got VR?" I was like, "Yeah, I got VR. Let's play VR." And I like put it on his head, and like we couldn't. I couldn't figure out how to adjust the height, and I was like, "This isn't working." You want to be a bird? And he's like, "Okay, I'll be a bird." And we're just uh, like, "Yeah, dude." One of the we're gonna have some cool VR stuff uh, from that trip we just took. Uh, one of the things we did, I'm excited to talk to you guys about because I think people are understanding that VR can be more like. Very early on, people stopped using the word game and use the word experience. Right. And I, I really like that approach. I, I think that there's more to it than just like a first-person shooter where you can look in every direction or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think like my favorite VR games is still Chronos and Superhot. Like Superhot in VR is so good. It changes like, the game. Like that, yeah. I feel like so with Superhot, like I've actually only played anyway. Superhot in VR. So it's, it's like ugh. I would imagine like not having that degree of like – I don't know, like, I, I guess com- I could It's almost a completely sticks, different game. Yeah. But, like, both of those are technically, like, Superhot is a game. Yeah. And Kronos is definitely a game. It's, like, fixed camera. It's an action adventure. It's basically Zelda Dark Souls type game. But, like, I of the experiences, I mean, there's, there are short films in VR now. There's yeah. There's yeah. Alamed that's absolutely beautiful. Like, yep. there are a bunch of different things still happening with that platform. And it's, like, we haven't seen a ton of stuff lately uh, for PSVR. And I want more of that stuff. I want more... Yeah. More like I, the games that I like are, are really good because they use mechanics that have worked in video games previously and aren't fully taking advantage of VR. But I, I think that's the concern is that like they like I don't know, but I'm assuming these are just more expensive to develop, and so like the really high end VR experiences I think are happening on Vive and Oculus because it's just probably those two are more of a PC friendly yeah. platform. So, like, and I don't know, like PSVR, like it's, I want to see that stuff coming to PSVR too, because that's the only one that I, like, I don't own one, but it's like, I would, if there was something compelling enough to make me want to play in my apartment. Yeah. What's really fun is we're seeing, and I, I just like looked at the, I don't even know what, what screen it is, but where they have like recommended VR stuff and it's, uh, they're making all these like small sort of bite-sized experiences that are tie-ins with movies. The thing that needs to happen is these no, those need to be like either free or like trials, yeah. Uh, oh, and they aren't? They're not. Yeah, there's one that's like 10 bucks and it's for The Martian. And I'm like, dude, I could like for 10 bucks, I could just buy the movie The Martian. And that's, that's like that's really dumb. a three hour movie. And then there's, there's yeah. like a bunch of other I ones. I would have thought that they would use those as, as a different form of advertising rather than making pay. Right. And there's some that are free. I think there's one that's like, it's uh, it's like a Chainsmokers concert, which I don't ever want to do. Yeah. But, you know, it's there. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I mean, they have they have ones, they have all these different different kind of competing platforms that are like VR video services. Uh, where they're like, hey, like the one that Brian talked about where you see the animals going to the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, there's other ones where it's like, do you want to go like snowboarding? Do you want to see like a plane crash or a shark attack or whatever? And it's like, those are cool. But so far there hasn't been like, I don't think there's been one that really just like, that just grabs it, you know, just really yeah. just gets it. I hope we see it. more PSVR type yeah. of city. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a VR in general, PlayStation or otherwise is like a really cool it's an incredible thing and it's yeah. I hope we get more of it. So Yeah, I hope Sony leans into it at E three. I hope it doesn't become yet another Sony hardware thing where yeah. they like gave it a year and then jump ship. Well, like yeah. I, I I wanna see them and I I do think they believe in it. Like I do think they see it as a new hardware launch. So like I'm hoping we get like at least half a dozen like really cool PSVR experiences yeah. because like I Or a price drop. I've really come around. Like I was really skeptical on VR. Like I really just kind of didn't care. And then now I've started to do enough things where I'm like, I, I want to be excited for it, but they're just, the experiences that excite me are kind of still few and far between. Yeah. Like I've played more bad VR things than good ones. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm just, I'm waiting for that thing, you know, to hook me. And I think like, I love PlayStation. Like if they can find 
whatever it is that that like really makes me want to jump in then i'm game yeah, but I, it's like I super know. hot and robo recall are games that are like cool enough for me to want to own vr that i could play constantly yeah there isn't quite anything like that on pr yeah. VR, yep. anyway that was what vr playing the number oh. one oh. Oh. <laughs> such a terrible name um now it's time for rapid fire which is when you guys ask us questions uh you can head over to facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond or groups.com slash nope dreams did you see someone uh, tweeted us that he went he went yeah yeah no that's an actual that. website we found out that uh, groups.com slash podcast beyond is just a website that has a bunch of our videos that's not actually that's that's a bad joke that went too far and now is a real thing because that's how humor works uh but yeah anyway uh rick nugent says so capcom seems to be doing some fan service slightly Mega Man collection disney collection and dragon's dogma coming to current gen is there anything in their library you'd like to see ported personally i'd like an onomusha hd collection Ooh. alana you are super stoked about dragon's dogma oh, i love dragon's dogma so much especially because it's dark arisen which is just like dragon's mm-hmm. dogma but better and easier to play um i love that game if you haven't already played it, you should totally check it out it was my game of the year the year it came out uh but other than that uh it would be okami yeah that checks Ooh, out yeah okami ps4 would be so pretty yeah um I would like to see, I don't know, it's like, it's weird because there's this whole, there's like the part of my brain that's like the super nostalgic, like when I was a kid, Capcom games, and then there's like the weird, like, I guess I would play back through like Devil May Cry if they brought it over to PS4, like especially the most recent one, because I didn't, didn't they, any time with didn't it. Didn't they just do the HD collection last gen? On PS3? Yeah, yeah. didn't they yeah. bring over the last, yeah. I think so. Yeah, they did. But I don't think, I don't, I could totally be wrong because I just haven't you, looked into are you it. You're talking but, about Devil May Cry or DMC? Well, I mean, Devil, both. Like, I, I want all of them. Like, because, like, I liked. I really liked DMC. Like, I I don't think I, any of them were playable on PS4. I could be wrong. But, like, I would love to go back. Yeah. Uh, because, like, that's a franchise that, like, I like the combat in. Um, but I don't know, like, for me, that's, that's not, like, my first answer. My first answer is still, like, more stuff like the Legacy Collection. Like, bring back stuff from, like, when we were kids. Even, like, like obviously not on PS4, but like I would love to see them revive like Minish Cap and and stuff that they didn't like with yeah. Nintendo. Like I would um, just love to see Capcom bringing back more like of their their like re- like I love what they did with this Saturday morning cartoon collection yeah. thing. Like after the collection, such a cool idea. Like um, I I want to see more of that stuff. Yeah, I'm, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Uh, I know it's it's very tricky with how Nintendo licensed stuff back in the day and how like a Nintendo game is a Nintendo game first, then a Capcom game second, and a Disney game third, or however the hell that works out. But if we can get more stuff like the Disney Afternoon Collection. Uh, maybe a 16-bit version, I'd be super stoked on that. That would be awesome. Especially with all, like, the weird behind-the-scenes stuff and, like, making of things. And, I mean, it'd be awesome if they just, like, threw in some, like, I don't know, featurettes where people talk about, like, interview developers and stuff. I mean, like, Mickey Mania, that's a David Jaffe game. Like, how do you go from making a game where you're like, ah, you want to fight Steamboat Willie? Well, you'll enjoy my next game. It's about a (laughs) flaming ice cream truck that (laughs) shoots missiles out of it. You're like, what? Anyway, uh, Kristen Bates says, if you were forced to get a tattoo of any video game character, who or what would you choose? I already got two of those. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have one personally inspired one, and then, like, I want an Earthbound one. Like, I'm yeah. that's the, my go-to answer for sure. Yeah. Um, I want to get some Yoji Shinkawa Metal Gear art at some point. That'd be rad, yeah. I don't know where I'm going to get it, but it's just, yeah. That, Full back. Yeah, just, just a big, yeah. just a... Just a big, huge fat man in his bomb suit, his <laughs> rollerblades, just going around having that wine. <laughs> yeah, I already have Yoshi and Charizard. If I were to get anything else, it would be just Majora's Mom. You got a Deadly Premonition tattoo too. That's my favorite. It's not it's a favorite. character really, but it's like a yeah. yeah and you have like Pokemon stuff. Like you, I feel like you're. They're yeah. all like from things that just meant a lot to me when I was a yeah. kid, basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Majora's Mask is the only one that I feel like is missing. But I'm also like I don't have that much space to keep adding video game tattoos, so I'm not getting any more. You could just get huge. That's yeah, point. Play, play more realistic. Yeah, no, I do want one more tattoo, but I'm waiting. I'm like gonna. Yeah. 
I definitely like I've wanted an Earthbound one for a very long time. It's yeah. um, I feel like you've been saying that like since I met you. Yeah, it's uh I don't know it it it's hard, right? Because like especially for a game that means that much to me, it's like hard narrowing it down to one thing. Yeah, and I also I don't want like an Earthbound sleeve. Like I would yeah. I want to narrow it down to like one image that means something to me. Like I toured with getting King, which is the dog. Um, or it's getting Ness. I don't know. Like, I'll get something. Cool. What if you got the Ness's entire shirt tattooed on your torso? Yeah, and then I don't have to wear a shirt anymore. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. It's funny stripes. Yeah. Um, all right. Good idea. Uh, Phil Mansfield says... <laughs> Uh, Phil Mansfield said, this is perfect for Andrew. I've seen many complaints that Persona 5 is too long, i.e. 100 plus hours, yet people are sinking that much time into Breath of the Wild. What are your thoughts about the length of it as well as if a game can actually be too long? I mean, any game is like... Games can definitely overstay their welcome. I think anything... Like there are games where they're only three hours and that's perfect. And mm-hmm. then I'd like Persona is so involved that I think it, it kind of has to be that long in order to tell that story. Um, I think a game that is too long is a game that obviously becomes repetitive or has padding to be longer. Yes, exactly. And that definitely happens. I mean, that that happens more often than it does. I thought I Uncharted think, was too long, like by a couple hours. Yeah, I think a lot of games feel the need to, especially single player games, feel the need to like extend I mean, even games I love, like I love The Last of Us, but like there are combat sections where I was just like, oh, I don't want to do this again, you know? And I think like like Tomb Raider and Bioshock Infinite and all those games like could probably even cut in half and I would have been fine with it. Yeah. Um, I think like I, for me, like Persona specifically, I totally don't think it's too long, but- I don't know that an RPG can be too long. Well, especially the because thing. there's like you invest time into grinding and into things yeah. that add time. I mean, for me, I understand why that turns people off. Yeah. Like I, I totally get why that would be too long for you, but that doesn't necessarily mean like mm-hmm. objectively too long. Also comparing it to Breath of the Wild, it's handheld. That makes yeah. such a big difference, yeah. I think. Like if Persona Five were on the Switch, I would have destroyed that game by now. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually just bought it this weekend. So well, and that's how it was with Persona Four on Vita. Like it was like I poured so much time into that game partially because I could just take it everywhere. Yeah. And I, I think that franchise like has done really well on portable, so it's like as much as it's gorgeous on PS4, like I am a little bummed that it's not on Vita because I feel like it would actually be a really nice place for it yeah. if Great. it was even possible. But yeah, I, I, side, slight sidestep. I bought Persona 5, Nia, and Neo um, all nice. this weekend and, and played like an hour of each of them. <laughs> and they're all really good games. It's like, like video holy game crap, tapas. Really good. It's just because I'd been traveling so much that I was like, I feel like I need to actually finally catch up on this stuff. I and need I to play Nier. Right before E3. Yeah. Um, I also started playing a Hyper Light Drifter. Have you guys played that? Oh, hell yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Like, incredibly good. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't play it last year. I like that game. Uh, I did not finish it because it just it's started hard. started kicking my ass. Yeah. Um, it's gorgeous, though. I really liked it. Just, it felt like kind of a perfect mix of so many I grew up with. I also love it's that like I don't know what's going on in Hyper yeah. Light Drifter. Like things are just kind of happening around me and I'm like, okay, yeah. this is the, the world that exists here. Yeah. But to um to go back to the Persona thing, uh, I mean, obviously, yes, the portability of Zelda is huge, but also the fact that it's, uh, it's, there's a story there, but it's mostly what you're doing. You know, it's like your, your way of interacting with it. Whereas like I got, I don't know how many hours into Persona and I forget where I left off and I want to jump back into it, but I'm also like, what, did I, what was I doing? What was the, what was the point there? And it's like, it's not, I wouldn't say it's necessarily like linear, but it's structured and it's all you about just do nothing. Yeah. It's yeah. all about like time management and like, and whereas Zelda, you're like, I'm going to go and blow up that tree and get wood out of it. And I'm going to eat yeah. some bananas. I still haven't yeah. beaten Zelda. I'm like 180 hours into it. Like, it's just like that game that I can come back to for 20 minutes and yeah. screw around and feel satisfied. Whereas well, like, like yeah. 
Like a game, yeah, I mean, even like Marty's like 60 hours into Persona, but he hasn't touched it in like three weeks because yeah. it's like, it just gets overwhelming. And I totally get that. Yeah. And I mean, boohoo, poor us, but like we're also scrambling around checking out tons of different games and it's hard yep. to go back. Oh, a uh, funny story. I jumped back into The Witcher for just for the hell of it this weekend. I'm like, I'm going to play a game I like to play. I'm going like to play. like you do that like once a year. Yeah. I love that game. I, last time I jumped in was apparently, according to my save file, was in September. Mm. Uh, so that means that since then, uh, I was, I've played. Uh, Horizon, Yakuza, Tomb Raider, Breath of the Wild, Persona. I'm trying to think what else other like big games like that. So I jumped into Witcher and just immediately got my ass handed to me because I completely <laughs> forgot how to play that game. Yeah, and I was like, like I was like, how do I call my horse? And I just drank like three potions, and I'm like, apparently not like that. That's not how you get the horse. Um, what do you want to do? Jumping between giant, especially open world games is it's, like, it's hot. Yeah, it's tricky. Um, yeah, I think JRPGs are, are just, they're Dickensian. They're they're paid by the page almost, you know? Like they, people like them being long. If you made like a four hour JRPG, it wouldn't really work. I mean, Child of Light is the closest, I think. Yeah. Um, and it, it worked, but I think it's less, like part of the thing, part of the reason I love JRPGs is because by the time you finish like a hundred hour game, you are so invested in those characters. You're attached like, because they're yours. You made them. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And no one else can have the same ones. What do you mean by uh, the child of like comparison? Well, just it's basically a JRPG, but it's only eight hours it's long. It's not that long. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it worked and then it was light enough for basically. Yeah, enough. totally. I mean it's it's like I a I liked that game. I that is the game I recommend to people who like turn-based mechanics but don't want to invest 100 hours yeah. because like i think child of light is a gorgeous game i think it's uh and ubiots was really good those two years that child of light and valiant hearts came out you know, well and rayman like god i yeah. want i want more ubr games yeah. yeah uh anthony kennedy says what do you guys want to see from the castlevania series on netflix what other game franchise do you foresee making this type of leap uh my I, answer is i don't i don't i don't want to i don't want to watch a castlevania series like i, I like the <laughs> castlevania games a whole lot I don't want to see that. I, yeah. I feel like it's just going to like butcher the attachment. Yeah. The trailer was pretty, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I, 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 Castlevania is a weird franchise for me because it's, I, I totally abandoned it. Like I, I loved Castlevania games as a kid, but I haven't played a Castlevania game What's in most recent so one, like, long. Shadow of something too. Um, Oh, the, the two three sixty ones. Yeah, that was the most recent one. And I think the last one I played was the, the DS ones that they were putting out for a while that were really good. I mean, the Lords of Shadow Two was really good, like in in a way that I was surprised by how much I liked it because I didn't expect it to be good. I had to review it. It was like really good. There's this one boss fight slash kind of level that's just been overtaken by a toy maker. So everything's just like kind of these creepy toys, and I, I'm, I if I remember it correctly, the boss fight is just this giant animated toy that you have to fight. Mm. It was it was a super cool. Sounds game. like a nightmare yeah. that Max would have. Yeah, it sounds like my desk. <laughs> um, but no, like uh, I was completely, I totally screwed myself up on this because I saw that Frederator Studios was working on it, and they make Adventure Time, and I was like, oh, it's going to be like Adventure Time, but with blood and vampires. That'll be cool. And then I was like. Of course, it's going to be like anime style. Like, not, like the the demographic for Castlevania doesn't want like a weird, like goofy, cartoony version. But I was totally hoping it would be like a cartoon version of the old comics that you'd get in Nintendo Power. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like that'll probably maybe exist as like a webtoon. Like people yeah. be like, oh, it's like the Watchmen Saturday morning cartoon or whatever. I mean, I would love for it to be. If I hear it's awesome, I will totally watch yeah. it. But it's not anything that I'm like. Yeah, just yeah, there's a lot of interesting lore in the Castlevania franchise. Like the Belmonts are very interesting people, but yeah. it's just. I just don't. There's. I don't need it. Yeah. There's like so much good vampire anime out there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a sentence that Brian would make fun of me for saying if I was if he was here. Um, but no, like I don't know. I I would love to see Metal Gear get this treatment just because. You just want everything Metal Gear. Though. Yeah. A Metal Gear cartoon show? Are you kidding me? That'd be awesome. 
What would that be? I, I don't care. I don't care at <laughs> Make all. Make it anyway. There could be vampires in that too. Uh, I don't know. I it'd be I'd be rad to see a Zelda cartoon or you know just yeah a good Zelda cartoon. Yeah. That, what would that yeah. be? Like it's so I just I feel like I don't really want my favorite video game franchises to be made into TV series. Like mm. I just I do as like an enriching thing. Like I love the idea of like I don't know. Like if they want to tell. The story before Breath of the Wild in cartoon form, like everything leading up to that. it or something. Yeah, sure. yeah. but like, like I don't need the Injustice to see the game Two retold. comic is really yeah. good and like adds well to Injustice Two. But I think like a full series that stands alone just, I think it's just that we've had so many bad examples of that that it just tarnishes mm. it for me. And I'm always like scared of that happening because it has so many times basically. Yep. Yeah, I don't know Castlevania. At the very least, I like that we get to say that word a lot because it's one of my favorite words, Castlevania. Yeah, pretty good. So it's like the you've got like two minutes to think of a name of a scary place <laughs> what do we call it um david schroeder says what two games would you love to see a crossover made from mm. uh real quick madden versus fifa wow football versus football yep yep, yep. they just go they go run out on the field and there's nobody knows the rules <laughs> they're still running to each other <laughs> i kind of like the idea of like soccer versus hockey yeah, so it's like on ice. Like my favorite thing about watching hockey is that they fight all the time, but because they're all on ice, their skates just slip, and they all just like trying not to fall over while yeah. trying to fight each other. It's brilliant. Yeah, and they're all dressed up like like lawn furniture. They're just like covered in funny pads and stuff, and they got feet knives. This is a really good question. It I feel bad not having an answer. Like, answer. yeah, I feel like I need more time to think about it. I mean, I'd like. I know Marty has talked a lot about his like armored core Dark Souls crossover idea of like um, that idea that like you. You play it like a Dark Souls game, but instead of like leaving behind your souls or whatever, you literally leave your mech, and then you're playing as the pilot, and so you have to get back to where the mech was. That's so and then, good. Yeah, yeah like cool. like that's awesome, and that's yeah. all him. But like that, that's a really cool idea. Um, something like that. I mean, like something where like you you totally out of left field insert the mechanics of one game into another. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, this isn't really a, a crossover two games, but the one game that I always want made is. If Rocksteady made a Justice League game like they make Arkham games, yeah. that's a thing that I've liked everybody for as long as I can remember. Or well, since Arkham Asylum came out, that's like what I've wanted. That I, would yeah, be really cool. I'd take that, but with like Batman the animated series, like just all cell shaded. That'd be cool. They, That'd be cool. To, they, they could make it real fast because they wouldn't have to spend all that time making like carbon fiber and like realistic trash to drive the Batmobile through. Yeah, I mean Arkham is a good starting point for any plus because it's like. Any weird franchise, like, I would love to see. Like, I, I think the Arkham treatment was so smart, and, like, the combat feels so good in those games. So good. Yeah. I feel like before now I would have said Lord of the Rings and Assassin's Creed. Whoops. But, but here we are. Yeah, yeah exactly. Pretty much. Um, yeah. It's always fun to think about that kind of stuff. Really, I just like to see that all the sports games have to fight. <laughs> they're, just, they're just all in the big field. Yeah. yeah. Just NASCAR versus Madden. It's just the cars driving around. The men have to run faster than them. That's why I don't make games. It's basically Rocket League DLC. Yeah, that'd be good. good. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, this has been Beyond. Uh, We are obviously very busy with lots more E3 stuff, so uh, stick around. The next couple weeks should be very interesting and exciting. Uh, You can keep track of what all of us are up to on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. Lana is Charlanazard. And Andrew is Garfep. Uh, What are you on Instagram? Is it also Garfep? same? My Instagram's Garfep. locked down though. I keep my Instagram friends and okay. family. All right. Well, post some of those Japanese photos on, on Twitter. All right. Yeah, yeah. I should do that. All right. Well, on that note, Beyond, we'll be back next week. We love you. <laughs>